So we need to watch our mouth. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And that was not the introduction. That was just getting ready. Hallelujah. Amen. Now the key text is from James chapter 3 from verse 1 to 12. I'm going to ask you to find that for me and then we're going to read from James 3, 1 to 12. I'm going to ask you to stand with me for the reading of God's word as usual. We honor him by standing for the reading of his word because his word is living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm going to read. Listen, I ask you to read. I will be reading aloud, but I want you to be looking. Don't just guess, but make sure it's there and you're tracking and you're underlining if you need to and you're taking note of what the word is saying. Come on, lift your Bibles up and declare that this is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are opened. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let me read for you. You just follow. It says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in the multitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things are not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and the bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. When you read scripture like this, 
you want to get rid of your tongue. I'm telling you. Heavenly Father, we thank you and bless you for your word. Thine word is truth, it's living, and it is powerful. We pray in the name of Jesus that you'll open our eyes to see your truth, open our ears to hear your voice, our minds to understand your word, and our hearts to receive everything you have in store for us. God, this morning, I decrease so that you would increase. Wear me like a glove, Lord. Do your work in me, through me, for your glory. God, we pray that none of us would leave here the same way we came here. But we would experience you while we sit in our seats or wherever we are in this sanctuary. May we have a personal, intimate, divine encounter with you in this moment. We thank you for this in advance. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I see Sister Melissa as well. The first time I've seen her since she has gotten married. Um, Mrs. Sewell. No longer Miss Coops. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for her. Sister Melissa. Amen. Here. I mean, when she, before she got married, her hair was here. No, she got married, her hair is all the way down here. Hallelujah. Things are changing. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. What, what a word. The, the tongue is an unruly evil. Come on, turn to the person beside you. Just look at them. I know you have on your mask and say, watch your tongue. Watch your mouth. If, if you grow up in certain communities, that's a v- favorite word of parents. Listen, watch your mouth in a little boy. Watch your mouth in a little girl. You know, we like to tell people that. And what that means is that you're about to say something that you're going to regret. Have you ever heard people say, I am sorry about what I said? Have you ever heard them say, I never meant what I said? Everything we say, we need to understand that it is meant. And I'm learning that. It is meant, and until we acknowledge that it is meant, we won't be able to mend what needs to be mended. The excuse we keep making is that, I did not mean it. If you don't mean it, don't say it. We are made in the multitude. We are made similar to God. And whatever God says, God means. And whatever God means, God says. Therefore, when we speak, we are speaking as believers out of the abundance of our heart. The truth is, if it wasn't in you, it wouldn't come out. So, some of us need to repent and ask for forgiveness because we have said some things to people and say, you know, I didn't mean it. But we did. And we have not fixed it because we act like we did not mean it. Amen? Hallelujah. So watch me now. So we need to know what we say and we need to be careful of what we say. Are you here? We must be careful of what we Your grandmother told you, if you don't have any good to say, here you go. So, the goal of this message is to make people aware that through their words, 
people have the power to direct the course of their lives, to damage lives, or even to determine life itself. Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. This message will demonstrate the awesome power of the tongue as a tool to build up and to tear down. It will demonstrate the awesome power of the tongue to give life and death. It will encourage us to control the use of our tongue for the purpose of administering life and death. We have to use our tongues wisely. Because most of us don't realize it. That there is incredible force behind the words we use. Words hurt. Words have power to create the entire existence of what the physical things in creation were created by mere words. Therefore, every time you speak a word, it is creating something. I mean, I said this in first service, right? There are many people who are unmarried now. Maybe divorced. So you know why? Because someone said, you'll get divorced. The marriage is not going to work. And at no point did you try to do anything. To cancel that word. So it has come. It has created. Something. Somebody said that. You know what? You soon lose the job. And you got fired. Maybe you have said. Boy I don't even think I'm going to get married. You can think it but don't say it. Because when you open your mouth. It creates it. And until you do something else. To cancel it. It stays created. And begin to grow into something. It's like a seed. So when you speak the word, it's like a seed. And it grows into the sun. And then your action begins to encourage it by watering it. And one day it becomes a tree. And all of a sudden, what was spoken 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, becomes reality. Now. And then we begin to accept what was not supposed to be. Because a word spoken in ignorance has created something. And we shape our life to look like what is now. But what is now was never what God intended. But you spoke a seed into your life that created something. That now your life is telling you you need to be like. So if you want to change your life, you have to change your words. And to change your words, you have to change your heart. In one breath, we have the power to both build people up or tear people down. And that is why you can't, there's nothing called an unpleasant Christian. They don't go together. You can't be unpleasant and be a Christian. You, you can't walk around the world look like you wash your face in lime juice. You're a child of lime juice, not a child of the Savior. It means that when you walk past people, 
Because words give life, you speak life. Good morning. God bless you. When you wake up in the morning, everybody, good morning, good morning, honey, good morning, dear, good morning, son, good morning, daughter. Hallelujah, God bless you. Listen, you're speaking life. You get up in the morning, Lord have mercy, we're going to clean up the kitchen. You know what happened? Your whole day become miserable because you start, the first words that come out of your mouth are unpleasant words. You have created the day. You get up in the morning, Lord, me tired. You know what happened? You have created the rest of your day. Ah, boy, me feel so sick. Like me, I got dead. You have created the rest of your day. And you know what we say? But me never really mean it. If it wasn't in your heart, it wouldn't proceed out of your mouth. So as a believer, when you walk past people, it is good morning. When you step in the office, it's good morning because your word is creating and setting the atmosphere. It is setting the environment. You are creating the environment that you're going to operate in when you get to work. So what kind of environment you want? So when you step into the office, you open your mouth and create the environment you want to work in. When you come to church, what kind of atmosphere you want? Do you want an atmosphere of worship? Then when you step into church, hallelujah, this is the house of the Lord. God, I bless you. You begin to create the atmosphere and the environment by your spoken word. And you give life to that. Alfred Noble um, brought the world dandamite. Dynamite. You remember I told my story about dandamite? There you go. Dynamite. With the hopes that it would be used for clearing large rocks and other obstacles for the purpose of building roads and bridges. And in a few short years, his invention became a tool of the military to be used against foreign enemies. And to him, it was inconceivable that his dynamite would be used to destroy. So, you would have heard about the Nobel Prix. Peace Prize. It is named after this guy called Alfred Nobel, right? You have heard about the Nobel Peace Prize where they give to people who have done great things to engender and foster peace across the world globally, generally, all right? So in 1866, this gentleman called Alfred Nobel, he was a person who inv- invented dynamite. And so he developed the explosive power of nitroglycerin in the stick form so that it would bring great benefit to mankind. So he built this whole dynamite thing for the purpose of, of really clearing mountain. Because at that time, people were, roads were being built and highways and they didn't have a way of clearing those places. So he built this explosive thing so that it could clear debris and hills and mountains out of the way so that life would become more convenient. But, but soon nations discovered how to use it for war. The same dynamite that was created to build society was also being used to destroy life by bombing an enemy. Alfred Nobel was so impacted by the negative use of dynamite that before he died, he willed 
his vast fortune to the establishment of the Nobel Peace Prize. So everything he had in his life, he was so disappointed that this dynamite that he built to clear roads was not being used to kill people. Blow them up. So he said, you know what? I'm so sorry that I made this. Take all that I have and give it to peace. And that was where you get the Nobel Peace Prize from. Because he didn't want his legacy to be connected to destruction. He wanted it to be connected to peace. As people, we also have dynamite in our dentures. Meaning that we have the equivalent power of dynamite just in the very words we use. We have dynamite. And it's in our dentures, in our mouths. Explosive power that can destroy or that can destruct. The same mouth that God has given us to bring life, we use it to destroy life. And so I want to encourage us this morning to, to change our language, to change our speech, to begin to speak differently over people and over our life, to speak differently about our nation, to speak differently about the church of God. I want us to begin to, to talk a different talk so we can walk a new walk. I, I want us to, to really speak over our children differently. Speak over our spouses differently. Speak over our marriages differently. I want us to begin to speak differently. And I know people are going to say to you, well, what kind of sense that make you long your talk and think action, 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 louder than words and uh, uh, People love action, but let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Listen, if you can't say it, most of the time you can't do it. Because everything starts with the word. Everything starts with the word. Until you can really say it with conviction, it's going to be hard for you to act it out and live it out. Amen? And so, the Bible tells us that the tongue is a fire which the devil constantly seeks to ignite into something that will destroy. Every, every day, the enemy goes around with a match. He's looking for a tongue to set on fire. Come on, just lift your hand and say, not my tongue, devil. When you wake up in the morning, you must be so convinced that here is what? No, devil, you're not going to get my tongue to use today. Not my tongue. Because he's walking around every single day with a much looking for somebody. Come on, just lift your hand again and say, not my tongue. Say, not today, devil. Simply put, one word spoken has often been the cause of broken friendships and family feuds. But this is not God's plan. One word. One word. One word spoken. Give you some very simple examples of this. Imagine with me, lady, she goes out on the weekend, she gets her hair done, gets a very nice dress, gets her nails done, buy a new a pair of heels, and she steps into the office, having showered and 
you know, get her bath and body works and all sprayed up with the most expensive cologne and have a nice necklace. And she turns up to work after a very hectic weekend. And she walks into the office and says, man, um, my hair is done, my nails done, my dress is new, my shoe is new. And, and she steps into the office and you say, how could I want it? Eh, eh. Oh, you're here, stay so. Hold on there. Oh, you know how, like for some of you, that, 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 that doesn't matter. But you can imagine, like, she's not upset because the hair isn't done well in your estimation. She's upset because she's considering all the effort that she made that you don't know about, but you're going to talk about the one thing that is off. And it messes up somebody's day. For the entire day. In other words, you have lost an opportunity to even share even the gospel with this person. Uh, all right, what some of you are saying? That, that is so trivial, Pastor. If anybody say my hair don't look good, I don't business about that because I'm I'm confident. I'm I'm all that. That's fine. Imagine you 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 come home and you you put the best meal you possibly can together, and your husband comes home after you have toiled. You probably wash clothes, you packed up, you, and you try to, what do you call, box something together. Just because you wanted him to have something to eat. And then he takes it up and says, how are this? I, I won't say what you would say. In that moment. Sometimes you need to eat and not speak. Let me say that again. When the food don't taste good, eat and don't speak. When it have too much salt in there, eat and don't speak. Because there's a reason that too much salt got in there. And you don't know the built up effort, the hard work, the washing the clothes, the cleaning the bathroom, the packing up of stuff that was going on while the food was being cooked. So if they can do all of that, you can eat a little salty without complaining. People don't feel hurt because of the criticism necessarily. But because they believe that the other things were not considered when the word was spoken. That one word spoken sometimes says to your spouse, listen, I'm not going to do this again. It messes up. So be careful of the word you use. Good morning. God bless you. Create what you want to see. Use your words to create what you want. You come to church and you feel like there's no Holy Spirit inside the building. Obviously, you see something that nobody else don't see. So you open your mouth and say, Holy Spirit, come. Don't, 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 don't say, well, there's no fire, there's no fire. Because that's what you're creating with your mouth. Whatever you want to see, you have the power to create it by your spoken word. 
Use your words to set the atmosphere and create the environment. Amen? So the same fire can be used to edify and encourage. When it comes to relationship, God wants us in the construction business, not the destruction business. God wants us to use our word to construct and to build up. The Bible also says that the tongue is akin to a bit in a horse's mouth or a rudder on a ship. It is something so small yet commands the direction of something so large. Imagine how big a ship is, but yet a little rudder control it. As such, words have the power to direct the course of life towards positive or negative end. In fact, the tongue holds the power of life itself. So when God made the heavens and the earth, the trees and the mountains, the fish and the animals, and even humanity itself, he did so by speaking simple words. Let there be, let there be, and there was, and there was. As creatures fashioned in his image, we also possess life-giving speech. Come on, just put your hand on your chest and say with me, I possess life-giving speech. Every miracle Jesus did, he spoke. Lazarus, come forth. My time has not yet come. Jesus was always speaking. Into your hands I commit my spirit. If I, he, he's always speaking. And the word that he spoke created. Things that we are creating some things that we don't want. Do you know that you have created a marriage that you're not enjoying? Listen, the marriage you have is the marriage you spoke. And what you spoke is what you live. And what you live is what you get. So the first thing you have to change concerning any relationship in your life is what you say about it. Do you know the alphabet? Amen. Q V T U M N L O, right? There you go. Okay, you know the alphabet. A B C D E F G. Amen. That that's the alphabet, right? Is that the alphabet? Okay, just want to make sure because some of you that that answer that you know whatever. If it's the first one, you're not sure if it's the first one or the second one. But but what's the thing? You know, when I, when I went to school, they say you must say the letters of the alphabet. Right? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M. I mean, we never used to that part, right? L, M, L, P. L, M, L, P. They don't even know what that is. But, right? You said it so often that you know it now. And here's what. Because you know it, before you knew how to make an A, you knew what an A was. Do you understand that the alphabet has helped you with your vocabulary generally? What you are doing at three years old is still working with you now and working in you now. That's the power of word. Do you realize that the alphabet has not come out of you? Even today? 
That's how powerful words are. You want to show you how powerful words are? Watch this. I want you to finish for me if you know. Lady in red. All right, don't go any further. We just want to stop here. Right? I mean, when last have you heard that song? Somebody said Valentine. When was the last Valentine? <laughs> right? Right? But it's still there somewhere. In fact, do you realize that if you go somewhere and see somebody in red dancing, the song comes back to mind. Words are life. And until we begin to take them that way, they will continue to hurt us. And we'll continue to use them to hurt others. And the ones that people speak over us will continue to hurt us. Amen? So spoken words have such potency. They can motivate, instruct, and console. But they also can discourage, confuse, and even devastate. And so for this reason, we should choose what we say with care. And build people up instead of tearing them down. So this is a 3D, so I'm getting to three points and then we close. Number one, our mouth has the power to direct the rest of our lives. Our mouth has the power to direct the rest of our lives. Your life will go where your mouth is going. Your, your feet will follow what you're saying. If you keep on saying it, your feet going to follow. Your feet will follow your mouth. So be careful what you create with your words. Because you may regret it when it actually matures. It's like a 1,500 pound horse can be steered by a little piece of metal. Right? A horse generally, they have horses that are, that are around 15, um, 1,500 pounds. That's probably... Ten times the weight of most of us in this room. Or probably all of us. Right? On average, we are about 150 pounds or below. Right? So on average, that's ten times. Right? You can move it to the left. And you can move it to the right. With a little piece of metal in its mouth. Do you know this piece of metal is, is less than five pounds? And this a, a less than five pound metal can move a 1,500-pound animal. I don't know if you have ever seen a, one, a, a, a... Well, we don't have wild stallion in Jamaica, but when you travel along um, where Roaring River is, normally there are accidents. And the accidents are caused because there are horses without bits. So they are out of control. So they will come across the road and an accident will happen. An out-of-control horse is a problem. A wild horse causes problems. A wild horse is a horse that is not under control. It is not bridled. That's a horse that is going to buck you down or buck you off. You can't get on a wild horse. That's a horse that's going to hurt you. That's a horse out of control. But when you put a bit in the horse's mouth and bring it under control, the one who is riding it, a jockey is a hundred 
pounds maximum. And a jockey can get the horse to go wherever he wants it to go. Do you know that the strongest man in here could not lift that horse and carry the horse over 10 feet? In fact, maybe three of the strongest men in here could not do that. But here's what happened. A jockey who is a hundred pound with a five, less than five pound instrument can move that horse faster than some of the strongest men. I hope you, I, I don't want to, I hope you get it, right? That's what the small piece of metal does in the mouth. The correlation here is, is that if you can control the mouth, if you can control the tongue, if you can control your speech, you control the rest of your body. In fact, if you don't control your mouth, you're going to cause hurt. Your life is going to be out of control. The person who has an out of control tongue has an out of control life. Because your life is just like your mouth. Do you know what you call a person who likes to talk bossy? Prideful, don't it? You know what you say to a person who don't like to talk? They're humbly. Even though it's not so. You, well, you, you understand what I'm saying? Because you measure people more by what they say. Than anything else. Uh, uh, one of the members, I mean, one of the leaders always said to me, he doesn't like people who talk fast. So if, if you're going to business with him, and you know, you know some persons, they're, really, they're, like, they're, 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 they're very, they're, I mean, their way, they're, very, they're fast talkers. And he says, boy, I don't like to do business with people who talk fast. Right? And, right? The person could be full of integrity, but you talk fast. God has taught me. So if you're going to business with him, you have to you have to slow down. You have to slow down. You have to slow down. Right? That's just his way, right? I just had to drop that in here. But, but what's the point? The point I'm making is that your mouth says so much about you. In fact, I want to tell you that some of you have never broken some of the things spoken over your life by your parents, your grandparents, and your ex. And those things are bearing fruit in your life today. Before we close, we're going we're to we're shut down some of those things. In fact, the scripture says a perfect person. And in the scripture, the perfect person is a spiritually mature person. A spiritually mature person has bridled the tongue. You see, we are stumbling how we lived our lives. And no one is perfect. The perfect person has bridled the tongue. Therefore, he or she is able to bridle all the other stumbling blocks of life. Because your Christianity is worthless if you can't control your tongue. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, learn to control your tongue. It's not every truth you need to speak. We must speak words that edify and encourage and lift up and build up people. Number two is that our mouth has the power to damage, to, to do damage to our life. To damage our life and the life of others. An entire cruise ship that holds thousands can be steered by a tiny rudder. 
Cruise ships today are enormous. They have malls and the whole upwards of 7,000 people. They have all kinds of swimming pools, ice skating rink, um, movie theaters. They are, they are like floating cities. That's what the cruise ships are, right? Amazing. When the storm breaks out, comparatively, they each have a little tiny rudder that steers the ship, even though it is subject to the storm. So this little rudder, watch this, this little rudder in a ship steers the ship, controls the ship, even in storm. I mean, it, 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 a little rudder controls the, the mall and, it, and, and, the, and the pulls everything. It controls a small rudder. In the storm, the pilot, because of the rudder, is able to navigate the ship through the storm. With this rudder, because of this rudder. It is in the same way, when life storms come, you, the pilot of your life, through your rudder, your tongue, will have to be able to navigate through the storm. Because what comes out of your mouth determines what happens in your storm. You see, if I ask you how many of you control your tongue, all of us will say, I do. Because, you know, long I don't curse a bad word. But that has nothing to do with it. Some of the things you have said are worse than bad words. I want to know when the storm hits you, what comes out of your mouth. When the person criticizes you, say all manner of evil against you, what comes out of your mouth. When the other person is giving you a piece of their mind that doesn't agree and line up with your life, what do you say? It's amazing how we take, we allow out of control people to draw our tongue. Yeah? It, as believers who are under the control of the Holy Spirit, we allow people who we believe are under the control of the devil to get us on the devil's side. When what we should be doing is using our mouths to get them on God's side. Similar to the previous observation, the correlation here is that if you control the mouth, the tongue, or the speech, you can control the rest of the body. The damage done by the tongue is devastating. One single word can be like, a spark that starts a fire. You see, the tongue is able to do so much damage because it has the power of hell behind it. You see, the tongue is more difficult to tame than taming wild animals. See, the reason why your mouth, your speech, your word, your tongue can do so much damage is that it is going to, it, 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 it has the influence of hell helping it. Again, let me tell you, the devil is walking around every day looking for a loose tongue. Looking for a tongue that is ready to explode. So, can light it. Come on, say, not my tongue, devil. Sometimes your husband is the mattress. 
the match. Sometimes your son is your daughter. Sometimes he's your boss. Sometimes he's your superior. Maybe he's the person you supervise. And here's the thing. They're just right there with the match, waiting to catch a fire. See the thing with the thing with fire? If you are on fire, you're not just burning the other person, but you are burning up. And that's the thing with the tongue. When you are using your tongue to destroy, it is doing more damage to you than the other person. I want you to remember that. So when someone is telling all kinds of things about you, the Bible says of Jesus, and he gave no answer. Because if they are on fire, they are burning up. So you don't have to burn them with your tongue. Give no answer. And that is why you don't need to shout, you know. You don't need to quarrel back. In fact, in fact, in fact, here's the thing with your tongue. The believer's tongue can never be in malice. Come on now. Don't, don't, don't get in malice right now. The believer's tongue can't be in malice. Because if the purpose, remember the purpose of the dynamite was to clear debris. The purpose of the tongue is to give life. Every moment of a believer's life in their interaction with people is to give life. So you can't be in malice because you're denying somebody's life. Somebody life. That is why believers don't malice. Come on, put your hand up and say, I don't malice. Hey, somebody didn't put your hand up. Come on, come on, come on, come on again. Say, I don't malice. Because I have a duty to speak life. <laughs> it's not malice, you just stayed quiet. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you how dangerous. I don't know if you know of um, the Chicago fire. If you if you read like me, you'd have heard about the Chicago fire in 1871. It was started by a, a, a lady's cow. This is a real story. Um, you can check it out when you go home. Um, it happened on October 8th in 1871. Uh, a cow belonging to Catherine O'Leary kicked a lantern in the barn, and set some hay on fire. This is in Chicago. Within minutes, the entire barn was ablaze. And due to those winds, the flames ended up spreading throughout Chicago, burning a large percentage of the city, leaving 100,000 people homeless, 7,500 buildings destroyed, and 300 people died. One cow one lantern. Let me say it again. One cow, one lantern, cost 300 lives, 7,500 buildings, and 100,000 people homeless. That's how dangerous the tongue can be. It's amazing, this whole thing. Because fires are amazing. So this fire started in a barn. And it spread like what you call wildfire by the wind. I hope you're getting this. The fire brigade 
could not prevent all the damage, though it did some. They had holes and all of those things. They were washing the whole thing. It wasn't enough to stop it. You see, when a word goes out of your mouth, it has the same effect. Sometimes, before it can be brought back under control, people die. Lives get destroyed. Families are broken up because of the word. By the time you're able to bring it back in, by the time you're able to bring it under control, the damage has been done. The correlation here is that one simple, seemingly innocent word or comment has the potential of spreading and creating enormous damage. I've met people, church, who are in depression because someone said to them, you are so ugly. I want to ask them, that ugly you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And they will say to me, you don't understand. By the time you get to that person, they are 35 and their self-esteem is broken. Somebody told them that at six years old, maybe a teacher, a mother, a father, a grandparent. Somebody said to them, oh, good for nothing. And they will say, well, we never mean anything by it, you know. You know, that's how we talk. That's not how we ought to talk. If you're a child of God, your words ought to be building up people. So I don't, listen, don't speak what you see. Speak what you want to see. You understand me? When when you see your your, your, your husband not doing right, I thank you that he's a man of God. Don't speak what you want to see because you can create it with your words. Your son and your daughters, they are not walking with the Lord. So listen, I thank you that my son is saved and sanctified. Speak what you want to see. The company you're working with, they're not paying you enough money, you want the money. Don't say, Lord Jesus, and peace. I wouldn't go start paying me more. Why don't I do this? No, no, no. Says, Lord, I thank you that this company is going to prosper. Because if the company prosper, you won't prosper. When you, when you see the church and you see people not worshiping the way you believe they should be, God, I thank you that this is a church full of. Speak what you want to see and create it with your words. Things will change. Amen. A little match can start a forest. A little spark created a conflict and a, bla- a-, a blaze you are not able to put out. Finally, number three. Our mouth has the power to determine life. We can tame circus and zoo animals more easily than taming our own tongues. We have all been to the circus and we know what it's like to see tamed animals. Anyone here have been to the circus or to the zoo? Alright, I don't know. Amen. Some of you have been, alright? Um, have you ever seen a tamed lion? Yeah, right. Amen? Have you ever touched him? Why? I mean, wouldn't you want to... I mean, who would want a lion to be a pet? Amen, amen. That's a brave man of God right there. Hallelujah. The only lion I want is the lion of Judah. Hallelujah. The conqueror of Judah. Amen. Right? 
Um, but the lion has the power to tear, the, tear that person apart. But it has been tamed. Who have thought we could tell a tiger what to do? You go to the zoo and the tiger goes up, it sits down, it runs around or jumps through hoops because a person tamed it. The ones we can't tame, we place them in, in enclosures. But animals will also fake us out. That is why I don't think there is ever a tame lion. <laughs> I don't know about you, but you stay there. And I stay here. I'll take my picture from a distance. You know what I mean? <laughs> They'll make us think we tame them until the right set of circumstances show up. Then they show us through harsh reality just how difficult it is to truly tame an animal. The correlation here is that it is more difficult to tame one's tongue than it is to tame a wild animal. You know, you may be going good. You say, boy, a long time, you know, tell off somebody. And then all of a sudden, somebody, uh, what is it about the current business? So, somebody mash your corn. And all of a sudden, you, you lose it. All of a sudden, someone bad, bad drives you. All of a sudden, you know, the taxi man almost run off of the road. And if your car could speak what you said and how you reacted. Everything is going right. Because nobody is pressuring you. But all of a sudden, little pressure comes on. And the wife not behaving right. The husband not behaving right. The kids not behaving right. And all kind of loose things. I can't bother with you know. You think I have to be in this? You think I have to be here? One of these days I'm just going to pack up myself and ups out of here. That's why you die before everybody you know. Because you plan to leave before them. So God, just take you out, man. Take you out before time. That's what you want. Home sweet home. I've seen people complain about a company and the company is shutting down now. Because while they had a job, then they said, God, we thank you. God, we're creating an atmosphere of praise and thanksgiving for the little we have, knowing that, God, you're able to increase it. Every day is that. They, boy, they can't give me more. Boy, they can't give me more. Look how long poor people are suffering. We must start relating and thinking better. And I want to challenge and charge you to begin to speak life. To speak life. You see, there's a difference between church programs and true spiritual revival. True spiritual revival is when we begin to, to speak life to those around us. But I want to close by sharing with you. I, I'm going to give you a challenge at the end and pray with you. But I want to share with you the story of the two frogs. You may have heard it before, but um, share it with you anyways. Two frogs were walking one day and 
unbeknownst to them, there was a big ditch that they didn't see. I want you to remember this story. It's going to resonate with you, right? And both frogs fell into the deep ditch. So they started doing what frogs do. They, they jumped, hoping to get out. But the ditch was too deep. They kept trying. But in doing so, they began to get tired. Some other frogs came along and saw their friends in the ditch. It was clear that they weren't going to make it. So they gather around to say goodbye to their friends. We are so sorry you are in the ditch. There's nothing we can do. It's too far for you to jump out. So we just came to say goodbye. Basically, they told their friends to give up and die. The first frog gave up because he was just too exhausted. He lay down, fell asleep, and he died. But the second frog kept jumping. He kept jumping. His friend said, all you're doing is killing yourself. Give up. Give up. But he refused. This frog just kept jumping until the shock of the frogs up top. He literally leaped out of the hole all the way up top. So his friends were shocked and said, how did you do it? The frog said, I'm deaf. The only reason I hear you now is I'm close enough to read your lips. But when I was down in the ditch and saw you all waving your hands, I thought you were encouraging me to keep jumping. So I just kept jumping, jumping, jumping until I made it. <laughs> the correlation here is that the tongue has the power to give life or to take life. The power to bless or to destroy. So you need to be deaf to hell. And keep your ears open to heaven. Because God wants to lift you out of the pit you're in. By what you're listening to. You see the truth is that some of us are still in a ditch. Because we stopped jumping. Because we're listening to the wrong voice. Those words were spoken and you have taken them. And though someone said, you're good for nothing, you have never taken the word that says, you're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. You see, we have opened our ears to take in all the negative. In, in, in fact, let me tell, tell you what is happening. They say hurt people hurt people. And because words have hurt you, you're using your words to hurt others. And God is saying the first thing you have to do is to break all those negative words spoken over your life. Stop listening to you're not good. You won't be able to. That's not his will. Just stop listening to that and start listening to the voice of God. So you can start speaking the word of God and create the environment and the space you want to be in and you want to live in. Your life can change if you'd only change your words. You know why some of us are broke? Because we speak about being broke more than being prosperous. You know why some people are not married yet? Because every time they talk about marriage, we can't find nobody. We don't see nobody yet. But I don't know if God wants to Listen, you think you ain't going to get... like like. You think I'm going to marry somebody? Well, not me. I'm married already, but you understand what I mean. You know, you know um, listen. If, if, if I'm looking for somebody to marry, 
And they walk past me every day saying that I can't find anybody. I don't, I don't want them. They're obviously not paying attention to me. So maybe you're walking past the person you're supposed to marry every day and telling them, I don't find anybody. And all they're hearing is that, okay, they're definitely not looking my way. You're, you're creating the world you're living in by your word. You can change your world by changing your word. I always told the story of my first high school literature teacher. Her name was Miss Monroe. And Miss Monroe said, they used to call me by my surname. She said, Stenet, you keep aiming for the trees. And you keep hitting the ground. Aim for the sky. And if you fall, you hit the tree. The point is, from that time I learned to speak what I want and not what I see. Because I walk by faith and not by sight. You see, I'm a realist. I wear glasses. That tells me I don't see, I don't see well. I don't stutter. So that tells me that I speak well. So because there's no problem with my speech and there's problem with my eyes, I'm going to trust my speech more than I trust my eyes. So I'm going to speak what I want to see. If you ask me if I have money, I will tell you no. But if you ask me if I'm broke, I'm going to tell you no. Because I'm not broke. I'm rich. I just don't see the physical money yet. But I know it's somewhere waiting on me. And here's the thing. I'm going to speak it <laughs> until I get there. Because saying I'm broke certainly ain't helping me. That, that's the thing. The devil wants you to speak otherwise. So if I have a choice between speaking what is positive and what is negative... I'm going to speak what is positive because there's no benefit to speaking what is negative. So when I'm sick, I don't deny that there's sickness. But what I want is healing. So I speak what I want to see instead of confessing what I already know. I already know that I am sick. I don't need to get up and talk about it. I'm going to get up and talk about what I want to see in me. And that's healing. And so that's what I want you to do. What you want to see in the person you're working beside. What you want to see. Lord of mercy. Don't see your neighbor and say, Lord of mercy. But I'm telling them people, they, they don't like God. They don't go to church on Sunday. No, when you see them, say, listen, I thank you, Lord God, that, that my neighbors will be saved. When, when you see the man with him locks, don't say, boy, why didn't Rastamani not give up? You can't bother them and Rastamani in the confusion. No, 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 no. Say, God, that's a child of God. You, you understand? You have to speak it because you're creating with your mouth and your words. I want you to bow your heads with me. We're going to close. We're going to pray. We're going to get out of here. I want you to close your, heads with, close, close your eyes and bow your heads. Hallelujah. Close your eyes with your heads bowed. One of the things we need to do is to ask God to forgive us for some of the words we have spoken. That's the first thing. Because, I mean, all of us, we have been guilty of this. Speaking negative words over our lives and over our families. So, so right here, I say, Lord, forgive me for every negative word spoken. I have spoken over my life, my family, and, um, you know, 
my, maybe your sons and your daughter, whatever it is, or your husband or your marriage, just say, Lord, forgive me. I want you to open your mouths. Listen, you can't whisper this. You can't meditate this prayer. You have to open your mouths and you have to actually speak it. It was your word that created the reality you're living in. So to uncreate it or to undo it, you have to now speak. You have to vocalize or verbalize it. So God, forgive me. Come on, say that. Forgive me. And whatever circumstance, maybe it's your marriage, maybe, like I said, it's your work, maybe it's your finances. God, I've spoken negatively over this area and I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. Come on, say, God, I break every curse that has been invoked because of this evil word in the name of Jesus. Come on, just say, Lord, I break every curse caused by words spoken. From the parental side, the marital side, from childhood in the name of Jesus. I break it now in the name of Jesus. So Lord, every word that I have spoken, that would have a negative effect. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. That you'd intervene and God, you'd stop these words in your track right now in the name of Jesus. I speak freedom over my life from every spoken curse, from over every negative prior, every negative word spoken concerning me, known or unknown. I break free from the curse that they have in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, just say, Lord, today I choose to speak a new word. A word of life in the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to speak life over your life. Just declare, God, I thank you that I'm blessed. I thank you that I'm favored by you. Come on, just speak and say, Lord, I thank you that my marriage is well. I thank you that my family is well and we're saved in the name of Jesus. God, I don't see it yet, but I speak it as though it is in the name of Jesus. Come on, just begin to speak life into your own life in the name of Jesus. You have to speak it. That's where it begins because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I speak life, Lord God, over sons and daughters, husbands and wives. God, we speak life concerning the congregation, concerning this nation. We speak life in the name of Jesus. In fact, the scripture says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue, every tongue risen against you in condemnation. In other words, every word spoken by someone somewhere that would bring condemnation on you. So Lord God, I thank you that it cannot prosper in Jesus' name. Just lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm free to speak a new word. I'm free to speak a new word. I'm free to speak a new word in the name of Jesus. So like that frog, now we have to just block and stop listening to the voice of hell. And listen to heaven's voice.
Say, Lord, I choose to echo heaven on earth. Come on, say that with me again. I choose to echo heaven on earth. Sometimes you're going to feel discouraged and the enemy want to bring the spirit of depression upon you. And like the psalmist, you're going to have to speak to yourself and say, soul, why are you disquieted within me? You have to say, my soul will bless the Lord. And what that means is that somebody this morning, God is charging you that when you go home, you need to create a new environment at home. You need to go home and say, Lord, I thank you that this is the house of the Lord. I thank you that this is a house of praise. I thank you that this bedroom belongs to the Lord. And in this room, it shall elevate worship unto God, lift worship to God. And you begin to walk through. And you walk through every room and every corner of your home. And you begin to speak a new word, a word of life, a word of hope. You speak that in your home. When you in your motor vehicle. You say, God, I thank you that this car will be a car where the praises of God will be heard in the name of Jesus. That as any passenger comes into this, they will feel and experience the very presence of God. You begin to speak these things and you create and set the environment and the atmosphere in your home and everything that concerns you. powerful my wife she she's very very good at um, taking care of plants and honestly sometimes I don't believe in these things right whoa you have little faith that's me when it comes on to talking to plants I don't believe in them business I never like to watch movies with animals talking that's me I don't believe that animal not supposed to talk if you, if you are animal and you're talking one of we need to leave. And it ain't going to be me. I don't want to hear my dog talking. I want to hear him barking. Alright? But, she will say that she's speaking. When I ask her, why? Why if I plant something, it dies? And she would say, you have to talk to it. And she will, she will, she will walk, I'm telling you, and talk to the, especially our orchids. And talk to them. When she watering them and she praying and she praying worship music and all that. And I think them look pretty. So if plants are responding to the word. Come on now. They are responding to the word. Listen. You see even if under that cause it. It look like it a work. It means that, boy, it is, it is, it is worth the try. Amen. Some, some say that sometimes you, you need to speak to the host and say, host, you see anybody coming here? Make sure they feel Jesus. 
Make sure that when them come on my door and they knock on your door, them, them knock on Jesus. Yeah, sometimes yeah, you have to do that. Listen, it's better to do it and it don't work than to not do it and don't know if it will work. Amen? <laughs> they used to have a Christian chef and they said that person couldn't cook. In fact, it wasn't a chef. Because you know, chefs are different from cooks. Like, I am a cook. My wife is a chef. <laughs> There's a difference, right? Amen. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You know that you're cooks like me. So when I'm cooking, I'm always praying. And my food always tastes good. Because I know I'm no chef. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't know. But what if I... I'm telling you, whenever I cook, it tastes good. Because I may not pray for everything. But when I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking, hallelujah, Jesus. And God will say, listen, just take up that bottle. Because this is how I, I cook, you know. Take up that bottle. And anything, I just know that God talking to me. I just throw it in there. And I mix. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I cook, right? I mean, I just, I just, I just look in the cupboard and say, all right, what is that? And I see some, um, Mrs. Dash this and Mrs. Dash that and Mrs. Dash and I take something I put every Mrs. Dash thing in the rice and peas and I've never heard a complaint <laughs> come on I know it is the Lord <laughs> don't, don't say a word just eat just it. <laughs> so, so I want to challenge you to begin to speak a new word. You have to stop beating yourself down and beating others down. And if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. If you want to change the direction of your life, change your words change your heart you don't have to be where you are you don't have to stay where you are watch your words because where your words go your feet goes and your life goes also amen come on clap your hands for Jesus this morning Come on, just stand to your feet with me this morning.